Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, 
I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, airing five nights a week, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis on Ground Zero dot radio and the Aftermath FM Ground Zero app. You can also listen to the show for free after the broadcast by searching The Secret Teachings on any radio or podcast player or application. And you can go to our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the full show archive to get access to the ad-free shows, the montages, my digital books, and a private RSS feed. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of recent shows, thousands of hours of content overall, www.thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's the first email, the new email, tstradio at protonmail.com. On Twitter, tst underscore underscore radio. And on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. Now, for those of you who listen to Ground Zero, for those of you who listen to the secret teachings, you'll probably have noticed already that the shows are kind of similar. But Clyde and I really don't sit down and talk a whole lot about what we're going to be discussing. On occasion, we call each other or share a news article, but we don't really work that closely together to prepare shows. I think we just happen to see a lot of the same things. However, last night, Clyde called me and asked me about doing a show with him tonight, which is what you just heard. And I guess The Secret Teachings tonight is basically an extension of that show because I thought we should probably carry that conversation about Goblin Mode and Belphegor, the demon, over into this broadcast because we could probably provide you, if we extend the conversation, with a little bit more information or a slightly different uh, perspective or we have a little bit more time to break down some of the ideas that we talked about and shared in those two hours on Clyde's show. Uh, Of course, his whole show, three hours. So if you missed that uh, first hour before I came on, Clyde went through what goblin mode is, and uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Belphegor, and of course, we're going to talk about how these things relate to current events and to the general state of the world and society, and also how they relate to Balenciaga, because Belphegor is basically a branch or a leaf, if you will, on the demonic tree that is Bel or Bale or Ball. And we're getting the ball name not from Balenciaga. We're getting the ball name not from uh, Billie Eilish, the musician, the pop star. We're getting the ball name from the Dictionary Infernal. We're getting the ball name in the Latin. Uh, Ball is a king of hell. Baal is one of the first kings of hell. He's also the demon of the covenant, which makes him, I think, parallel to the God of the Old Testament, who is also known as the God of the covenant. And that God is clearly different than the God of the New Testament and probably a lot different, depending on your Christian denomination, probably a lot different than your God. But Baal is basically Yahweh. And Baal comes in a variety of different forms. The original name was Bel. You could spell that B-A-E-L, B-E-L, 
or Ball, B-A-L-B-A, apostrophe A-L. That name is also, in the modern day, translated into Bill, B-I-L, or Billy. That's why I bring up Billie Eilish, the singer, a lot, because her name, Billie Eilish, the last part of the name, Eilish, not Eilash, but Eilish, is a Sumerian term. It relates to the seven tablets of creation, and it loosely translates as on high. So her full name as a musician, as a singer, literally translates to Bill or Baal, the first king of hell, lord of hell or god of the covenant, on high. In other words, in the music industry, singers like Billie Eilish are worshiping, or if not worshiping, at least using the image of Baal to obtain that which Baal grants, fame, fortune, and celebrity. Those are some of the things that Baal grants. Uh, Baal, Bell, whatever you choose to call him, is also represented in that girl's music. If you watch one of her songs called You Should See Me in a Crown, she has the official music video where she has live spiders crawling all over her body, her face. One comes out of her mouth, and she has a crown on her head. And when you look at the old depictions of Baal, you see Baal depicted as having three heads, usually a frog, a feline, and a king, a human head, a king. So he has the crown, and he has the legs of a spider. And that imagery is in that Billie Eilish song. And if you go a step further, she has a, another version of that song where she sings it inside of, um, they're inside of a house or something, I assume it's in Hollywood, where her band is performing. And two of her bandmates, the uh, piano player, I believe it is, and the drummer, if you watch this video, you should see me in a crown. Yeah, I think it's the live version. Both of them are wearing Balenciaga sweaters. And this was long before Balenciaga became, well, the hot talking point that it is now, uh, the controversial subject that it is now. So in that music, not only the name, but also the depictions, the songs, the imagery, the clothing, it all relates back to Baal. Baal is an agricultural god. Baal is a fertility god. Baal was known by the Babylonians, the Akkadians, uh, the Phoenicians under different names. Some might refer to him as Malik. And last um, hour when we were talking with Clyde, we were discussing Belphegor. And when Clyde called me last night to ask me if I had heard about Goblin Mode, and he told me what Goblin Mode meant, for those of you who don't know, Goblin Mode is, I guess, the Oxford word of the year. Uh, I had never heard of it. Um, I don't know anybody who has heard of it, but somehow it's the word of the year. It basically is defined as an unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, greedy, and various things like this way of rejecting social norms and expectations and just, I guess you could say, living your best life by essentially doing nothing and being self-entitled and relying on others to take care of you. That's goblin mode. And that is not necessarily the demon Baal or Baal. That is the demon Belphegor. But Belphegor is just another component, another branch of the king that we know as Baal. Belphegor was a god of the Moabites, first mentioned in the Bible as Baal Peor. You spell that B-A apostrophe A-L space P-E apostrophe O-R, 
He was lord of the region surrounding the mountain of Peor. He was a regional sun god who eventually evolved into the lord of hell associated with the sin of sloth. Demonologists claim that his worshippers only spoke to Belphegor while they were on the toilet, and that in addition to more common sacrifices at the time, he also accepted excrement as an offering. And if you look at the Demon Tarot deck, which is based off of Colin DePlancy's work, you see Belphegor, he has almost like a goblin-looking face, traditional kind of goblin-looking face. He has these really long feet and toes and uh, horns on his head going sideways, which kind of indicates that he's not really evil or good. He's just kind of a thing that's there that could be bothersome. When the horns are pointing upward, that's a positive thing. When they're pointing downward, like El Diablo and the tarot, that's usually a negative thing. The torch is pointing down to light the infernal. That's a negative thing. But if the horns are pointing to the side, that usually indicates that there's a neutrality to the deity. So Belphegor is seated on his... Well, what do we call a toilet? We call it, you know, like a man's throne. <laughs> we call it a throne. So he's seated on his throne and his original name, Baal or Baal Peor, is a name that means Lord. He is basically an extension of Baal or Baal. According to the Demon Tarot deck or the Daemon Tarot, beware of inspiration that seems too good to be true and ideas that seem like easy money with little work required. That is how you interpret the pulling of the Belphegor card. Listen to that again. Beware of inspiration that seems too good to be true, and ideas that seem like easy money with little work required. Now, based on the definition of goblin mode, and based on the interpretation of Belphegor in the tarot deck, and based on the demonological description of Belphegor, at the very base core, simplistically put, simply put, he is sloth. He is essentially one of the seven deadly sins. However, we also know that the seven deadly sins, I guess you could really start anywhere with those seven deadly sins. Each of those individual sins can lead to other things. And in more ancient times, these types of sins, sloth was singled out of these sins. And it was said that sloth is really the precursor to all of the other sins. Um, you could look at any of the other sins, pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath. But you know, if you look at sloth, sloth can cause a lot of other things, right? Sloth can cause wrath because you're not really expressing yourself. You get really angry. You don't really want to move or do anything. Um, sloth, laziness, of course, gluttony. Uh, you can become envious, lustful, greedy. Um, I mean, pride, as, as they say, pride comes before the fall, right? Um, pride could even potentially come out of sloth. And I think we see a lot of that in our modern society. I know this might sound offensive, but when I go out in public, I see people that are in no way, shape, or form, I guess you could say that they're not really prideful, they're not really proud, but they're proud of not being prideful, if that makes sense. People that, I'll give you an example, uh, last, uh, last Tuesday, earlier this week, I went out to do some errands, and I went to a clothing store to drop off some clothing, and I went to a bookstore, 
looking for a gift for my fiance. And I looked, uh, looked through the bookstore, went actually to two bookstores and I went to a, um, uh, grocery store and in all three places there were, I, I'm not joking about this. In all three places, I saw the guy at the clothing store and I, I, it wasn't like anybody else was dressed like this. This guy literally had clown makeup on. He was working like as a clown, I guess. I, I don't, I, I thought maybe that's just something they do there at that store. And then I went to the bookstore and I saw one of the people working there was a very overweight man wearing a dress literally, and not only a dress, but like a low cut dress and a low cut chest part of the dress. So his hairy chest was out, but he had earrings in and makeup on like he was pretending to be a woman. But, you know, I mean, people can pretend to be, let's say, a woman and not look so masculine. I mean, if the point of being the opposite sex is to, you know, become that essence or energy, then why still hold on to the masculine why not like cover that up and pretend like you're not actually a man? And that's and I saw the same thing at the grocery store I went to. There, there, there's like a person that works at the grocery store here. You know, everybody's got a name tag with their identity. There's people that are named like Deer, and they've I, I can't even tell what is happening. But the the reason I bring all this up is because when I see those kinds of people, particularly the guy that's very masculine, kind of like this overweight, big hairy guy. He's wearing a dress and with makeup on, but he, he wants you to know that he wants to be a woman, but he also wants you to know that he's a man is the impression I got from this guy. Now, he was very nice when he checked me out. He might have also been, quote, checking me out. <laughs> but he was he was giving this impression uh, of he's proud of not being proud. And, you know, as they say, pride comes before the fall. But what happens when you're prideful of the fall? What happens when you're prideful of your lack of pride. And that's kind of the feeling that I get culturally and socially that people are proud of not being proud. They're proud of, it's one thing to be okay with, you know, your quote faults, which can be subjective, but to portray first and foremost your faults or to dress and act in a way that is socially, maybe it's acceptable by some standard, but it's certainly not attractive. It doesn't attract community. It doesn't attract the, the, the building of cohe- cohesive societies. That is a whole nother form of, of deadly sin. Uh, that is a whole nother form of pride, uh, a form of pride where one is proud of not being proud. And I think that coupled with sloth, coupled with Belphegor, is just another component of, of this cycle uh, of sins, which include greed and wrath and lust and envy and glutton. I mean, if you look around, millennials get get this title and get this identity uh, branded on them more than any other group. But it's it's not just millennials. You look around and you see people that are greedy. You see people that are lustful. You see people that are envious. You see people that are gluttonous. You see people that are wrathful. You see people that are sloth. You see people that are proud of not being pr- uh, prideful. Uh, these are the seven deadly sins manifest as a cultural element. And a lot of these sins really come out of each other. And the, 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 the sin of sloth or the sin that is uh, Belphegor, the demon that is Belphegor, really is, I think, the precursor to all of the other six sins. And so Belphegor, who looks like a goblin himself, Belphegor is the demon of goblin mode. And goblin mode was chosen as the Oxford Word of the Year 
This is how CNN described goblin mode. As you read this, look around. Are you still in bed? Are there piles of clothes and takeout food boxes strewn across the floor? Do you have chip crumbs on your sheets? Have you broken your self-care routine more times than you can count? Do you not even care? If so, you might already be in goblin mode. Chosen by the public as the 2022 Oxford Word of the Year. And as Clyde said earlier in the show, his first hour on Ground Zero, he asked a bunch of people, have they heard of Goblin Mode? And nobody had heard of it. He called me and asked me. I'd never heard of it. Maybe I, maybe I was one of those five people. I'd never heard of it. I mean, I'm looking at the news every day. I'm doing my radio show five nights a week. I'm even kind of working on the weekends. I'm looking at social media. I'm looking at mainstream media, alternative media. I'm reading, reading, reading. I, I've never heard of Goblin Mode. In fact, I've never even seen Goblin trend anywhere on social media. So I don't know how... Goblin Mode is the word of the year, except when we read a little further, it says Oxford University Press, those behind the Oxford English Dictionary, say that the slang term refers to a type of behavior that is unapologetically self-indulgent. It's a type of behavior that is sloven or greedy, lazy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. And it says traits that may have become familiar to many during lockdown. I find that interesting because goblins tend to hide out in subterranean crypts under the ground, kind of like gnomes in a way. And goblins typically are a very gross species or deity, entity. They t tend to have... Um, little respect for themselves and others, even for their own kind. And this is kind of the behavior of those who willingly participated and how, you know, the participation became almost like a, almost like a badge of honor to stay locked down and to cover your face and to social distance and to not see family and friends and go out in public very much like goblin behavior would, would be described, sort of antisocial, locked down in the darkness in your home in a cave in a crypt, acting as if you don't really care what other people think, kind of being prideful of the lack of pride you have, being kind of greedy, very slothful, of course, which is Belphegor, and then, of course, being wrathful, be, having wrath, uh, you know, because other people don't want to participate, and even having wrath at your own kind, certain people that might agree with some aspects of, let's say, lockdown or masking or whatever. And this is what Oxford is saying, by the way. That's They bring this up, not me. Um, you, people get angry at their own kind. That's what goblins do. They get mad at their own kind, but they don't really agree with their own kind. They're just kind of miserable creatures. In other words, goblin mode is doing the opposite of anything that could better yourself. This is why there is clearly socially and culturally a very heavy emphasis on the seven deadly sins be prideful of not being proud be gluttonous be envious be lustful i mean this is why our social media sites are just filled with money and sex and anger and i mean and envy and greed feed each other i mean lust and greed feed each other 
uh, lust, envy, greed, and gluttony feed wrath. Uh, and of course, all of this comes back to pride and sloth. So all of these seven deadly sins, it's not just Belphegor, but Belphegor is the demon that exemplifies that is really an image, a symbol of goblin mode because goblin mode is basically sloth. And Belphegor is the demon of sloth. Belphegor or Baal Peor, his original name, is a lord of hell associated with the deadly sin of sloth. That is the definition of Belphegor. His worshipers, according to demonologists, give offerings to him while taking their daily rest on the toilet, which, of course, is the throne, and that's where the king sets, or king set, like the great reset, which is the great king. Ray is king. Ray set. The great king set, which is, of course, the demon-like character, the devil-like character, the negative personification of Osiris, who puts Osiris into the coffin, puts that coffin on the river, the sarcophagi, and then it floats down the river, it gets picked up by the tamarisk tree, gets put up as a pillar in a Syrian palace, and it's the idea of the, you know, the king, the spirit, the soul, submerged in the physical body, and you know, he's raised as a, as a, a pillar inside the temple. It's kind of the story of, of uh, Moses in Egypt. Uh, I'm digressing from the point, but king set, reset, and basically, it is Belphegor setting as king on the throne, which is the toilet. This is why Satanists tend to, like real Satanists, tend to um, bathe or even eat. Be, bathe in feces or eat feces, uh, urinate on each other. And it's not just like a, a sex act because they worship and honor the most grotesque and the most basic animal nature. Uh, they are the beast from Beauty and the Beast. I mean, obviously, Harmony can calm the beast, but they don't want Harmony. They, they want to do, as CNN said, and as the Oxford University Press said, the opposite of trying to better yourself. It's being prideful of not bettering yourself. And what's really interesting is, we talked about this earlier tonight on the show with Clyde, a group of lexicographers at Oxford University Press gave people the choice of three different phrases, goblin mode, metaverse, and I stand with. When Clyde called me and he mentioned those things to me, I hadn't heard of this. I said, well, those things kind of sound similar, though, don't they? Because if goblin mode is sloth, the metaverse is basically plugging you into an artificial construct, a digital reality where you can be anything you want to be. But you don't actually have to be anything. You don't actually have to do anything. You can just be those things. That's the metaverse. So it's expectation. It's greed. And then I stand with is just a way of, it's a badge of, and, and a virtue signal to show others that you care about something. I stand with Ukraine. I stand with uh, the Brittany girl who we just traded an arms dealer for to Russia, although Russia's bad, but we're going to give them an arms dealer back. I stand with this or that. It's a way to say I care without actually having to do anything. In other words, the three top phrases given by Oxford University Press are in themselves representations of sloth and Belphegor. Goblin mode is one thing, but the metaverse and the hashtag I stand with, they are expressions of goblin mode as well. When we come back from break, we're going to go further into this conversation about Belphegor and goblin mode. Sort of continuing our conversation earlier with Clyde, but here on The Secret Teachings. Go check out Clyde's show on Aftermath, our show, thesecretteachings.info. More after this. Don't go anywhere. 
The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. So here we have Oxford University Press providing three different choices for the word or the phrase of the year. They include goblin mode, metaverse, and hashtag I stand with. When you define goblin mode as an unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, greedy, etc. form of antisocial behavior... You realize that goblin mode, which for some reason is the Oxford word of the year, even though I've never heard of it, goblin mode is very much like the second and third phrases that were provided and that were voted on by people as the phrases or words of the year. Goblin mode won that vote, metaverse came in second, and I stand with or hashtag I stand with came in third. But those two words and phrases are really extensions of goblin mode. The metaverse is a digital sub-reality where you can be anything you want to be. The classical deal with the devil. The classical bargain with Satan. You can be anything that you want to be. You can have anything that you want. All you have to do is sell your soul. And I stand with, I stand with, well, that might look good on your Twitter profile, It might look good on your Facebook profile. It might even get you some friends because they also stand with the same thing. But it's a meaningless statement. It doesn't mean anything. You can stand with something, but what are you actually doing except putting a Ukrainian flag on your Twitter profile? You don't stand for anything. You don't represent anything. In fact, the people that do that tend to be very disconnected from reality. 
they tend to be disingenuous. They tend to be more likely to lie and cheat and steal because they don't actually have any substance to their being. So they have to project this false persona outward to make themselves feel better and to make others think that they're a good person. They don't actually have to do anything to be a good person. In the same way with the metaverse, you don't actually have to do anything to become something important in the metaverse except plug in and give up your consciousness. So goblin mode, metaverse, and hashtag I stand with are really three of the same things. And goblin mode and the metaverse and hashtag I stand with also are directly associated with the seven deadly sins, particularly because goblin mode is sloth. Goblin mode is greed. And the demon or the demonic essence and energy of these sins is the god of sloth or the demon of sloth, the deadly sin of sloth, Belphegor. Belphegor is essentially a branch of Baal or Baal, who we talked about on our show Bollywood last Friday and our other show we did on Monday about Balenciaga. It's not just a clever observation of the name. There's a lot more to it than that. Belphegor comes from Baal. Belphegor was known as Baal, B-A-apostrophe-A-L, Peor, P-E-apostrophe-O-R. Baal means Lord. So he was a Lord of Hell. Belphegor was and is. And he is associated with the deadly sin of sloth, which leads to other sins. Sloth leads to greed and lust and envy and gluttony and wrath. And sloth also can lead, although it is the seventh sin, it can lead because it is a cycle to pride. And you can be proud of having no pride. You can be proud of your greediness and your slustfulness and your enviness and your gluttony and your wrath. And you can even be proud of your sloth. And that's, I think, what we have permeating throughout culture and society. Belphegor's worshipers offered him worship and offered him praise and prayer and offerings on the toilet. That's not a joke. It's, I'm not trying to be gross. That, that is, in demonology, Belphegor was honored and worshipped while someone was on the toilet going to the bathroom. And this is why Satanists tend to use excrement and use urine uh, to bathe in or to eat or to drink. And I think that's also part of the reason we see a lot of this in, you know, it's a degrading, disgusting thing that we see with pornography. Um, we even see it in mainline television. I mean, you watch the new American Horror Story and I'm watching the show about, you know, Eisenhower and the aliens and the vampires. And there's these just randomly two gay guys that are talking about eating each other's butt and getting a disease because getting getting sick because the you know his butt wasn't clean and I'm, like that, that's Belphegor and that's where our culture and our society isn't heading that's where it's at where we are prideful we are proud of greed and lust and envy and gluttony and wrath and sloth and sloth of course creates all of these these feelings and these these uh viewpoints and beliefs and and these and these uh, ideas. It, it creates uh, a mindset where we are proud of all of the following things, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, and wrath. According to CNN, the term's popularity 
may also be linked to the growth of a new social uh, new social media websites like Be Real, where users are invited once a day at random to post a photo of whatever they're doing. Any time of the day, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you don't actually have to set up the scene. Just take a picture and post it, which is really stupid. Who is doing this? This is only used to track your movements and to see what your house or what your lo- where the location is that you're at. They, they use that to map everything. I mean, Google has said they use these kinds of things to map you know, your house and then to advertise directly to you, among other things. The article says, goodbye, carefully curated social media feeds. Hello, goblin mode. Among the most vivid examples was a quotation from The Guardian, says CNN. The Guardian describes goblin mode as this. Goblin mode is like when you wake up at 2 a.m. and shuffle into the kitchen wearing nothing but a long T-shirt to make a weird snack like melted cheese on saltines. Now, maybe you think that sounds good. I don't know. Maybe you wander into the kitchen at 2 o'clock in the morning and you have saltine and saltine crackers and cheese. Um, that's not really the point whether you do that or not. The point is... This is um, an energy, it is a signature, it is a feeling, it is an idea, it is a demon, it is a spirit that is taking over society and culture. Belphegor is becoming the foundation of our societal structure. It is becoming the foundation, or he is becoming the foundation of our culture and how we interact and how we live our lives. People are embracing this. They're embracing the goblin. The fact that goblin mode is the, quote, word of the year, according to CNN, tells us that, well, it's here to stay. And, of course, they relate it to lockdowns as well because a lot of people who chose to remain in lockdown, even when they didn't necessarily have to, what did they do? They stayed at home in their little cave, in their little space. And... What happened during lockdowns, we had an increase in suicides. We had an increase in alcoholism and drug use, domestic violence, etc. People are home more. Those things are going to occur. And those things are the results of Belphegor and demons like Belphegor infiltrating your sacred space of both the body and the home, the family, etc. And those elements that are a result of lockdown, etc., um, are the components of goblin mode, which is basically laziness. It is greed. It is envy. It is, it is all these deadly sins mixed with, well, when you think about things like gluttony, you know, drinking too much, wrath, you think about, you know, domestic violence, perhaps, People that are, you know, lustful. I mean, pornography use increased uh, and continues to increase. Uh, People are greedy, but they want those things without actually doing anything to obtain them, which is the metaverse. That's I stand with. I want to be a moral person, but I don't want to actually act morally. I just want people to think I'm moral. So I'm going to put this hashtag on my account. Hashtag I S T A N D W I T H. I stand with and then insert like a Mad Lib, whatever the topic of the week is. So that is goblin mode. Goblin mode is all the seven deadly sins. Goblin mode is perversity. Goblin mode is not only perversity in the seven deadly sins, but it is being proud and being prideful 
of the fall. Pride comes before the fall, but Belphegor and Goblin Mode is being proud of the fall. It's being proud of the perversity, being proud of disease and sickness and being proud of, of not doing anything and not accomplishing anything. As the CNN article said, it is the opposite of trying to better yourself. It's being proud of not bettering yourself. I'm living my best life, right? That's what people say. I'm living my best life. Fear of missing out. FOMO. You only live once. Well, if you only live once, then why would you do things that destroy your ability to live well? Why would you do things that destroy your ability to potentially live longer if you only live once? I mean, I think a better way to, to live your life would be to understand that there is no death, there is only transition, and that that, that could be a much better uh, justification to live your life you know, within the cycle of the seven deadly sins. You're going to live again anyway, so why not just do, do whatever you want? But that's, that's obviously not the point, um, and especially not the point of spiritual and religious traditions. I read this other thing that I thought was interesting, and uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to do directly with Belphegora, but there is a parallel here, uh, and I think these these things can be can be woven together. It has more to do with the metaverse and more to do with that faux morality of I stand with the hashtag. This came out this morning from the India Times, and this was in some other articles as well. There's an AI application. It's called Linza. L-E-N-S-A, Linza AI turns your selfie into a magical avatar. Now, we did a couple of shows on this, I'd say probably three or four this year, where we talked about these AI demons. We talked about back in September, the demon named Loab, L-O-A-B. We talked about back in June, this demon named Krungus, which is a name that merges the fungus and the crud beneath your fingernails into the name Krungus. The creator of Krungus created this demon through an AI system at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning between 2 and 3 a.m., which is the witching hour. And he says that the demon or this entity Krungus is a merger of those two things, the fungus and the crud. Uh, this is what the computer created and interestingly, crud and fungus under the fingernails, these are um, the areas of the body under the fingernails, under the cuticles, where tr traditionally, I'm not sure in all parts of the world, but traditionally in, in Western tradition, demons actually enter into the body through your fingernails. So crud and fungus under your fingernails, that's like a demonic buildup, if you will, and it's symbolic of negative things, uh, darkness, uh, disease, uh, putrefying things entering your body. So that's interesting. You have Krungus, you have Loab, and then there was also back in July an AI program that predicts last selfies on Earth and what they will look like. Selfie of humans um, with Earth basically obliterated in the background. Those are the last selfies ever taken. So we talked about all of that this year. Those shows are in our archive at thesecretteachings.info where you can scroll through the free archive on podcast, radio apps, and players. The new app is Linza, L-E-N-S-A. Linza AI turns your selfie into a magical avatar. 
The app comes from Prisma Labs, the mobile technology company best known for its previous Prisma app that allowed users to turn their photos into a painting with the help of artificial intelligence. But Linza takes it a step further. It will create, and this is the term that you need to remember, it will create fantastic avatars of you. Not just avatars, fantastic avatars of you based on the selfies that you upload. The India Times reports the avatar could imagine you in an anime setting, convert your photo into a modern-day painting, or put you into a cosmic look or imagine what you might look like if you, this is a typo, if you part, if you were part, it should say, you were part of a fantasy movie. No avatar is the same, and the app returns a unique avatar each time you run the algorithms. And then it goes on to describe what these applications this particular application uh, does, how it does it, the price of it, and all that. Uh, they call these magic avatars. Avatars of you. So think about that for a second. Linza AI turns your selfie into a magical avatar. That's December 8th. And the story from CNN about Goblin Mode is December 6th. And I find it really interesting because Goblin Mode, which is sloth and greed in the seven deadly sins, particularly sloth because Belphegor is the demon of sloth or the spirit of sloth, meaning that you know, Belphegor is basically the goblin. Uh, the goblin is or Belphegor is in possession of your body and mind when you are in, quote, Goblin Mode. Metaverse and I stand with are the two other options given by the Oxford University Press those that publish the Oxford English Dictionary, those other terms, metaverse and I stand with, came in second and third behind Goblin Mode. And the metaverse is basically this from Prisma Labs. It is, you know, it's the creation of an avatar of you. So likewise, you don't actually have to be in a fantasy movie. You don't have to do something that is fantastic. You don't have to do something. What was that movie, The Incredibles? The little kid was waiting at, at, at their house and... Mr. Incredible said, what are you waiting for? He's like, something incredible to happen. You don't have to do anything incredible or fantastic or cosmic or or uh, you have don't have to be in a movie or, you know, you don't actually have to know how to draw or how to paint or how to do anything. You can just be inserted into anime, into some cosmic look, into a fantasy movie. The algorithm will do it for you. You could be anything you want to be. Let the algorithm do it for you. And of course, within that algorithm are the AI demons of Krungus and Loab. Within that AI algorithm is, well, depictions of the end of the world, the apocalypse, the fall of man. Pride comes before a fall. Goblin mode is, as is the metaverse and I stand with, an extension of this. And, well, I should say Linza is an extension of those things, but it's, it's all the same thing. I mean, the metaverse is a digital sub-reality. You can be anything you want to be. It's the same thing with the Linza AI. It can turn your photographs into fantastical avatars of you. Why do I want that? Why do I need that? Why do I care? I don't want that. I don't need that. I don't care about that. I'll take a photograph, and maybe I'll put a filter on it, like um, make it cooler or make it more warm, maybe make it black and white. That's all I need. I don't need to put myself into some anime setting. And yeah, sure, it's like it's a fun thing. Kids do it, adults do it, it's fun. But there's more to this. That is simply the introduction into the metaverse state. And what is the metaverse anyway, right? 
we're not going to talk about this in detail again because we've done other shows on it, but what is the metaverse in essence? I mean, meta is atom backwards. Not only the atom, A-T-O-M, but it's also the atom, A-D-A-M. And especially in magic, even though you spell a word differently, if it's pronounced similarly, it can have the same meaning or depending on how you use it, the same intention can give the word the same meaning. So atom, which is meta backwards, meta backwards is atom. It's the atom verse, the atom verse. Atoms make up our reality, our physical world, which is, well, technically it's holographic, right? To some extent, according to theoretical physicists and philosophers as well. And that universe can be recreated digitally with pixels. It's not really solid. And in that world, we are breathing life and energy into it, just like Adam was breathed into by God. God breathed into the nostrils of Adam and gave him life. We are breathing life into the atom verse. And what is a verse? Well, especially if you're thinking about something like a magical incantation, if you're thinking about something like a curse, especially a curse, a let's say a spell, uh, a magical spell, uh, which is basically a prayer. Uh, you could direct it at a, a specific thing, a particular thing, like a god, a goddess, whatever, an, an intention, which is magic, which is the willpower. But a, a, a verse itself is writing arranged with a metrical rhythm. Typically, it has a rhyme to it. And when you take a verse and you invert it, it becomes a curse because you're therefore doing something backwards. So curses are usually dark and negative and things that are more positive are usually spe- you know, spells and magical um, phrases like abracadabra, which is actually a healing phrase, you know, open sesame, things like that. They're not negative. They're not dark. They're, they're very positive. They're basically like, like prayers. So you're inverting things again, curses and magical words or statements, which are just verses, incantations, etc., so if you take something good like abracadabra and you invert the idea, well, you get a curse. So the metaverse is really the atom curse, the curse of atom. And like the curse of Eve, the pain of childbirth, we are suffering from this curse, a curse that is ushering us, lulling us to sleep with all these seven deadly sins, making us think that we can do anything and we can be anything and we can have anything in the metaverse. And that idea at its core is hollow because we don't have to do anything to achieve those things, right? Um, It's like one of my favorite scenes from the original Jurassic Park. You know, you didn't do anything to achieve this technology, right? You stood on the backs of giants and you just copied what they did. And before you knew what you had, you slapped it on a lunchbox and, and you sold it, you know, you, you, you playing around with genetics, like a kid who's found its, his dad's gun. I have that in our intro. It's one of my favorite uh, lines from Jurassic Park. And that's pretty much what we're doing with the metaverse, but the metaverse, therefore the, the inspiration behind it and the desire to plug into that because the world's just so bad is an extension of goblin mode. And I stand with is just a way to say, I represent this or I believe in this. I'm Black Lives Matter and I stand with Ukraine. But it's hollow. It doesn't have any meaning. What are you actually doing? What actions are you taking? Usually nothing. 
You just put up a flag or a profile picture or a hashtag. It's pseudo-morality. It's faux-morality. There's no substance to it. That is goblin mode. That is Belphegor because you're taking something that could be moral. You're taking something that could be positive, that could be good. They could be representative of your spirit or soul and an expression thereof. And you are distorting it. You are essentially perverting it. You're defecating on it. All of these things are the ways in which Belphegor the demon has traditionally been worshipped. So, Lenza AI can turn your selfie into a magical avatar, but that's not you. The metaverse can give you all these powers and you can do all these wonderful things, but that's not you. You can stand with Ukraine and stand with Black Lives Matter, but that's not really you, is it? That's just a phrase. It doesn't have any meaning. It's a very prideful phrase, and pride comes before the fall, and especially those possessed by Belphegor or Bile or Baal. Bile is B-A-E-L. Baal, it's the same demon. Baal, the Lord. Baal, Peor, the demon of sloth. You don't actually have to do anything. You can just achieve all the things that you want. According to my uh, demonology tarot deck here, and I also have a, the one of the first edition copies of the, it's the non-photograph uh, version, so it's just text, but one of the original copies of the um, Dictionary Infernal from the mid-1900s. Uh, got a copy of that a very long time ago, and it basically says the same thing uh, of, of who Belphegor is or you know who these demons are, like Belphegor, Ball. And it says, Beware of inspiration that seems too good to be true. Ideas that seem like easy money with little work required. I mean, this is basically like you don't actually have to do anything to keep yourself healthy. You don't have to eat right. You don't have to exercise. Just take a pill and get a vaccine. And the warning is, that it's too good to be true. The vaccine isn't going to protect you. The pill isn't going to protect you. You have to protect yourself. I can just earn money. I can just get money. Government will give me free money if I'm trans. If I'm in Palm Springs and I'm trans, they'll give me money or universal basic income or I'm going to get a government check. They're going to pay me to sit at home and do nothing because of the pandemic. And now you're having to pay the price of that because that is one of the major things that's led to record inflation in the last 40 years. Easy money with little work required. There's no such thing. If you believe that, then you are envious, you are greedy, you are lustful, you are gluttonous. These things don't just apply to money and to sex and to uh, food. We think of greed as money, lust as love, but you can be lustful and greedy and envious and, and you can also be a, a, a glutton about different kinds of things. And I mean, you could be all those things about sex. You could be all those things about money. You could be all those things about uh, physical possessions. Um, and then, of course, you could be very angry when you don't get those things, when someone tries to take them away from you or says, I don't think you should be getting free government handouts. I think that just makes the problem worse. I, I don't think that the problem is going to be solved by people just giving you free things or people taking care of you. You have to take care of yourself. None of those things are, are really, you know, taken well by people who are possessed by this demon. Balfagor, as we know him, and as I said, was known as Baal or Baal Peor. And he was taken out of, basically out of uh, the, the Jewish scriptures. And uh, his name was Latinized to Belfagor 
and he was given kind of this this makeover. Uh, at his core is the most perverse animalistic thing. Um, at his core is is essentially the elements of animal nature, which of course in the mystery schools and the secret teachings has to be overcome for one to be born again. Uh, the demon Belphegor has a series of numbers that are associated with him, uh, along with the inverted pi symbol. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about that uh, and a lot more, including a case of, well, a mother says her son was possessed by, by a demon and she actually killed the five-year-old child. A really terrifying story uh, that broke back in late October. Kind of similar to what we're talking about tonight, but Belphegor, the demon, the spirit, certainly has taken possession if not of the individual, of the culture, and of our society as a whole. And tonight we are attempting to exercise that demon. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. Contact the show to share information and your opinion or give recommendations. Email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. Hello. Folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings, excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the fall back to me. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi everyone, this is Mark Passio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. You are listening to The Secret Teachings radio show, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific. You can catch us on groundzero.radio. And the Aftermath FM app. Afterwards, you can find us on any radio or podcast player. Just search The Secret Teachings. And you should be able to find the show pretty easily. Our logo is black and white. You can also go to our website, thesecretteachings.info. You can subscribe to the ad-free archive. Free archive has ads in it. It's monetized. So that is the main way we support the show. But if you want to... Support us in other ways and get access to the ad-free show, plus the montages, plus my digital books, plus a private RSS feed, www.thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe today. It is a simple donation through PayPal, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's the PayPal email and my personal email. Or you can use Cash App. There is a QR code on the website. I don't really like those myself, but they gave me one when I signed up. And uh, the money sign RD Gable is the, I guess that's the handle for Cash App if you want to use that to uh, donate to the show. If you do use Cash App, though, please email me and let me know that if you bought a book, you know, you have an address you want me to ship it to. Because I, I guess maybe it's my fault. People send me like 40 bucks for Occult Arcana, which is a, a huge book, by the way, a massive book. And, um, I don't know where to send it to. So (laughs) you got to send me an email. I can't just, I can't like go into a a remote viewing session and figure out where you live. Um, You wouldn't want me to do that anyway, probably. So email me uh, when you send the uh, cash app again, www.thesecretteachings.info. Thank you so much for staying tuned to the secret teachings tonight. Earlier this evening, Clyde was on with ground zero as always. And he did the first hour by himself. And then, He was nice enough to invite me on, and uh, not only nice enough, but Clyde called me last night and asked me for my opinion on this stuff. I hadn't heard of Goblin Mode. I hadn't heard of uh, the Oxford word or phrase of the year. So he called me up to get a little bit of advice, a little bit of an opinion on what I thought of it, and uh, we kind of clicked on our perception of it, uh, our analysis of it, and he said we should do a show tomorrow, which was last night, so... That's what we did tonight on Ground Zero. I hope you enjoyed Clyde's show. If you're listening just to The Secret Teachings later, which I'm sure a lot of you are, and you missed that show, please go to Aftermath and go to um, uh, the subscription service. And even if you only have uh, the ability to subscribe, just and I don't, I don't make any money off of this, but Clyde's show is so worth uh, subscribing to, uh, to get the, uh, just the show itself, the archive. He puts in so much work to his show like I do mine. And if you go subscribe, just even if it's just a couple bucks a month to get that that show itself, uh, you'll be able to listen to the show we did tonight. And of course, uh, if you're not a subscriber of The Secret Teachings, you can still listen for free. But if you subscribe to our archive as well, then uh, we'll be able to um, continue to do what we do and you'll get access to a lot of great content as well. Uh, big thanks to everybody who does support us. But the point is, we did these two shows tonight. 
hour number two of the secret teachings. If you've been listening to Ground Zero Dot Radio all night, this is like hour number five. And uh, you might think, where else could we go with it? Could this get a little bit different? Is there anything we haven't talked about yet? And there is something we haven't talked about um, yet. Uh, at least I, I might have mentioned it on another show, but you know, very, very, very briefly. And it's about, um, we are talking about Belphegor and Ball or Bell tonight. But this is about the Ukrainian government preparing to ban churches that they say are, quote, affiliated with Russia. Now, this so-called war in Ukraine is as much a religious war as it is an economic war, a territorial war, and a political war. Now, that was reported by Reuters on December 2nd. The Ukrainian government will draw up a law banning churches affiliated with Russia under moves described by President Zelensky as necessary to prevent Moscow being able to weaken Ukraine from within. Now, we're not going to talk about Ukraine. We know about the fake stories of the ghost of Kiev and the Snake Island and Miss Ukraine and all that stuff. It's all made up, all fake. Zelensky is a war criminal. Zelensky is a money launderer for the Democratic Democratic and Republican parties. Uh, we don't need to go into any more detail about that. But the thing is, and the reason I bring this up, while Ukraine is preparing to ban churches and to shut down those churches under the guise of affiliation with Russia, which rings really similar, really parallel notes to the closing down of churches in Canada and the United States during lockdowns and the, quote, pandemic. Meanwhile, and this is not recent, but we can assume this still goes on, videos have surfaced out of Ukraine showing the Azov Battalion, which is a neo-Nazi group of soldiers that are working with the Ukrainian military officially. The Nazi Azov Battalion, they use the wolf's hook, we've talked about on the show, and there's a relationship perhaps between the Wolf's Hook and the Azov Battalion. And those couple of shows we did earlier this year, we talked about that black magic symbol that was found on the side of the of the barracks, I believe it was, in Ukraine. This video that surfaced is from 2017. It shows Azov soldiers cutting open their skin, their flesh, jumping into a pit that was dug out of the ground and rubbing their blood into the soil to honor Piran or Peyrun, the Slavic god of thunder and sky. Then they erected a totem pole in the pit. For those of you who may not know about the significance of blood and the significance of soil, blood and soil was a nationalist slogan used by Nazi Germany to signify their desire for a particular racially defined nation state. So the Azov Battalion are literally performing blood and soil rituals. They were doing this in 2017. Can't imagine they've stopped doing this recently, but they've been doing this. Uh, the Azov Battalion has. Meanwhile, Zelensky is shutting down churches in the same way that here in the United States, and this is where Belfagor comes back into play, churches were shut down 
Churches were forced to close. Pastors were arrested. Pastors were cited. Pastors were fined. Same thing in Canada. Churches were covered in in yellow caution tape. Police were stationed outside of them in places like Calgary, I believe it was. Why? Because you can't go worship. However, if you want to go to a strip club or if you want to go to a liquor store, those are necessities and those businesses stayed open. This is all the essence and the energy of the slothic god, the slothic demon, Belphegor or Baal Peor. And funny enough, the god of thunder and the god of lightning, Peyrun, a Slavic god, his name sounds kind of similar to Bel Peyrur, Peyrun, Peyor. Very similar origin, perhaps, for the name. Now, although he is the god, Peyrun, or Peyrun is the god of um, lightning and thunder, kind of like a, a Zeus god, he's also the god of storms. So that makes him the god of conflict, the god of destruction, perhaps also the god of war. Nothing leads to destruction and conflict and war quicker than when you are possessed by sloth, greed, envy, wrath, the seven deadly sins. Seven deadly sins are the basis for war and for storm and tempest and and conflict. And this Slavic god, Peyrun, is therefore very similar to Baal Peor, or Belphegor in Latin, which is a demon of sloth, which leads to all of the other different deadly sins. So Ukraine is going to ban churches claiming that they're Russian-affiliated. Again, there is a lot of religious conflict just as much as there is economic or territorial or political. Yet, the Azov Battalion continues to use the symbols they use and to worship the gods they worship, which involves blood sacrifice of the self to worship deities like Peyrun. And we do the same thing in the United States and in Canada. We shut down churches, but we allow strip clubs. We allow bars. We allowed... um, Liquor stores to stay open in some places. Now, this wasn't everywhere, of course, but in some places, churches were shut down, but you could go get alcohol. Churches were shut down, but you could go to a strip club. Churches were not necessary, not a necessity, but strip clubs were. Liquor was. This is the influence of perverse, demonic energies, spirits, essences, signatures, and forces. And they are acting on our mind, our body, and our soul. Or our minds, bodies, and souls. And they are influencing us to be prideful, greedy, lustful, envious, gluttonous, wrathful, slothful. And the cycle continues around and around and around as the, uh, around as the wheel turns. And although pride comes before the fall... 
And all the cycle of the seven deadly sins, if you look at them in order, restarts after number seven, back to number one, sloth to pride. Sloth is actually the sin that really leads to all of these other sins. And this is what the Oxford Dictionary, Oxford University Press, that published that dictionary, the English Dictionary, say is the word of the year. Goblin mode, which is defined as essentially these deadly sins, unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, or greedy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. It is the opposite of trying to better yourself, which of course is why the other two phrases that came in second and third, metaverse, which is the atom or the atom curse, the digital subreality, is a place where you can be anything you want to be, but you don't actually have to do anything to achieve it. Number three, I stand with, hashtag I stand with, you can be moral without actually being moral. It's just a little symbol that indicates and that virtue signals that you're a good person, but you don't actually have to do anything to be a good person. In the same way that in divinatory terms, Belphegor the demon, if you pull that card in a tarot deck, let's say, it's a warning to be aware of things that seem too good to be true. Oh, the vaccine will get rid of COVID. You'll never get sick. You'll never transmit it. Well, that was a lie. Way too good to be true. Two weeks and it'll be all be over. Way too good to be true. Beware of ideas that seem like easy money with little work required. Oh, you mean like COVID-19 checks to stay at home and not work? You mean like universal basic income? You think rich, powerful people, banks and corporations and government want to help you by giving you more money, by eliminating your debt? Ideas that are way too good to be true. You should be cautious of those things. And an extension of the metaverse and I stand with in goblin mode is this new AI selfie application, Linza, that turns your pictures into anime or cosmic images or fantasy movies. The India Times reports, Linza takes it a step further than just turning your photo into a painting. It will create fantastical avatars of you. That's what it's all about, right? Avatars. And those avatars digitally are influenced by these AI demons such as Krungus, crud and fungus under the fingernails, he was developed at 2 or 3 a.m., according to Guy Kelly, who used prompts on an AI image generator, Doll E2. That's the witching hour. And the crud and the fungus under the fingernails, that's where demons traditionally get in through the body. The other demon in the AI world is Loab. Loab, L-O-A-B, a demon that just appears and then disappears like she has a life of her own in images and on the internet and videos like Slenderman, like Momo, etc. It's all about the avatar. It's all about disconnecting from reality. Shutting down churches, but no issue over the swastikas, right? Or the sonin rods. I mean, the swastika and the sonin rod, to me, are not evil symbols. I have a savastika and a swastika, one is more so, um, I'd say Hindu, because it is a symbol of love and beauty. The other one is more so strength and the ability to overcome. Neither one are really negative, but the association makes the swastika evil. But I have those in my studio. I have onks, I have uh, triquetras, I have pentagrams, I have 
the seal of Solomon. I have all kinds of other symbols. I like to surround myself with these things because they inspire me. And nobody cares about those other symbols. They just care about the swastika or the sonin rod. So let's just go with the mainline idea and the mainline narrative. And that is if those things really are, you know, a big issue, then why are the Azov battalion soldiers allowed to come to the White House to come to the Capitol? Why are they allowed to put on Twitter blood rituals where they're literally bleeding out in a in a in a in a uh, ditch that they dug and then planting a totem pole in honor of Peyron, the Slavic god of thunder and sky, also the Slavic god of thunder and storms and chaos, therefore aligning him chaotically with uh, the trickster deities and, of course, with demons like Baal, Baal, or Belphegor. Why is that an okay thing to do while Zelensky shuts down churches and continues to launder money for criminal elements inside the Democratic and even in some parts of the Republican Party. All of these things that we call the seven deadly sins can be summed up in a word we know as acidia. Acidia is basically a condition. This is what monks would call the lack of motivation. It's a condition like goblin mode. Acidia is known as the noonday demon. As Clyde pointed out earlier on Ground Zero, it is described as a train of thought. Assidia arose directly out of the spatial and social constrictions that a solitary monastic life necessitates. This is like listfulness and undirected anxiety, inability to concentrate. Assidia was believed by monks to have been basically the precursor, the starting uh, fuse uh, that was lit, if you will. Uh, the initiation for other sins. Uh, and in particular, it was one of the most vicious sins because even if you were able to conquer gluttony, fornication, avarice, sadness, anger, uh, vainglory, pride, greed, lust, all these things, it still attacked you and could lead you back into those other sins. It's basically like um, idle hands or the tools of the devil, right? Assidia is basically a form of, like any other one of these sins, is a, it's a basically a demon. And it might not be a physical, like, real demon, but it, it that's the idea of what the demon is. It's the unconscious, it's the subconscious, it's the daemon. Daemon means a divine entity. It could be an angel, it could be, a, you know, it, it could be whatever you want to call it, but it's it's an energy, it's a force. And this demon is named Belphegor. We can associate Belphegor with Acedia, which even if you've conquered these other elements of self, of the mind, body, and soul, this demon can bring you back to them. The demon Belphegor is associated with the number 666. His symbol, in some cases, is an inverted symbol of pi. Belphegor is, as I said earlier, derived from the Hebrew Bel Peor. And Be Peor, or Baal Peor, like Baal, Baal, means Lord. And therefore, he is Lord Peor. He is Lord of sloth. He is Lord of a lot of the different sins, but particularly sloth. And his worshipers offered him things while sitting on the toilet, which is why you see Belphegor, who looks like a goblin, very angry, a lot of malice and avarice in his look. 
sitting on a toilet in the demonological depictions. That's why Satanists literally offer up excrement or urine or something like that to their gods like Belphegor. And Belphegor or Baal Peor appears in a number of different books of the Bible. In the book of Numbers, it says Israel became attached to Baal or Baal Peor and the anger of the Lord flared against Israel. In Psalms, it says they joined themselves also unto Baal or uh, Baal of Peor and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Thus they provoked him, capital H, with their doings, and the plague broke in upon them. He brings disease, conflict, war, like Peyrun. Peyrun, the Slavic deity. And that's what the Azov Battalion worships in Ukraine. Clyde mentioned this earlier. The earlier writers of the Infernal Dictionary depicted Belphegor as a lazy demon who sits on the commode or chamber pot. This is what I mentioned to you, as I said earlier, this is the physical uh, visual depictions of Belphegor. The image I have from the Dictionary Infernal is Belphegor on a pot or on, well, what would we call the toilet? We call it the throne, right? So the throne, he is king sitting on his throne. However, Belphegor also is a demon that leads us to new discoveries and inventions. And although discoveries and inventions could be interpreted as a very positive thing, as we discussed last night with Marlena Brimner, something that um, I learned a lot from her, and there was something she didn't know I think she learned from me, was the uh, story of Thoth. And I was relating Thoth or Hermes or Mercury to Prometheus. And although they don't seem, because Prometheus was punished, and Thoth and Mercury and Hermes really are messengers of the gods who were not punished for saving and sharing sacred wisdom. There is a story of Thoth who goes to Amon, which is where we get the term Amen, Amen, Amon, Ra, and says to Amon, I've invented this, this, uh, this language, uh, and I've invented this uh, ability for people to communicate better, and I want to share it with, with, with uh, the non-divines. And Amon said no, because although it might help them communicate better, um, you know, by, you know, Thoth's intention, you know, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. It will actually confuse them more. It will take them more out of the, the, the center of self, if you will, out of the, out of the, the state of knowing. And this is also what I think you find in the story of the Tower of Babel. I mean, scramble their languages. Well, the, lang- the, the one universal language was intu- intuition, intuitiveness. It was being aligned and, and um, paralleled to the cycles of nature uh, into the cosmos, like the Emerald Tablet, that which is above is like that which is below. Scrambling the languages means making up languages, you know, scrambling people, confusing people, chaos, destruction, etc. Belphegor is, as I said, the noonday demon, conjuring thoughts of worthlessness, thoughts of hopelessness, thoughts even of suicide. And I believe I mentioned this in the second segment tonight, you go back to that CNN article, and it's seen an article about goblin mode, which is essentially Belphegor. At least that's the theme we've been going with tonight. It says Belphegor, or they're calling it goblin mode, it is Belphegor, is basically the opposite of trying to better yourself. And when you don't better yourself, when you don't grow, when you don't learn, when you don't do things that are productive, when you become stagnant, stagnant water is never any good, is it? You get really depressed and you feel the way in which the noonday demon makes you feel 
internally, worthlessness, hopelessness. You feel perhaps suicidal. And as the Oxford University Press, who published the Oxford English Dictionary, said, Goblin mode is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, or greedy behavior, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations, traits that may have become familiar to many during lockdown, according to CNN. Precisely. And like goblins, we hid inside of our homes. We covered our ugly faces because we were too afraid to confront the truth, too afraid to confront reality, too afraid to confront our friends or our family or our neighbors. Everybody's going to get everybody else sick. Fear. Terror, horror, trauma, mind control. And you don't have to have a microchip put in you to control your mind. In fact, while I was uh, doing the first hour tonight, uh, my fiance had texted me. And um, I mean, she's here, but she, I'm in the studio. But she texted me and said, I don't, she didn't know what I was talking about tonight. Uh, she knew I was going to be on Clyde, but she didn't fully know what we were talking about. She said, did you see the AI selfie stuff? And I texted her back and I said, yeah, yeah, I saw. I mean, I'm talking. I'm going to talk about it tonight. And uh, she said, I don't understand why people are so obsessed with these things. And I told her, I said, I think it's because the phone and the computer is an extension of the body. It's another limb, another segment of the brain. And the phone and the computer, it, it is the microchip. It doesn't have to be injected into you to control your brain. It's an addiction like cocaine, like sugar. Sugar and cocaine do the same things to the brain. So does the phone. Notifications on the phone. The phone is the microchip. It is the black monolith. It triggers a de-evolutionary process, not an evolutionary process. A declined de-evolutionary process into the pit, into the abyss, into the bowels, the bowels of Belphegor where we are excreted as feces into the king's chamber. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. When we come back from break, we've got a little bit more on Belphegor. We're going to talk about the worthlessness, the hopelessness, the suicide that people feel, where that comes from, and conclude our show tonight with a really weird and scary story about a boy who supposedly is possessed by a demon. Uh, his mother was kind of psychotic and actually uh, let the boy die, basically killed her son, thinking he was possessed by a demon. This is a recent story in the last couple of days. And I think it's interesting because what the woman was doing is very similar to, well, what you might do if you were trying to summon a demon. Um, and it shows kind of the dangers She's obviously, I think the woman was totally psychotic. Maybe her son was possessed. I don't know. She seemed kind of psychotic. Um, but the things that she was doing and, and using social media to do them, you know, magical rituals and spells, those things actually can, as Marlena told us last night, she believes also those things can uh, basically lead to uh, various forms of holes in our mind, body, spirit, soul, and therefore things can step into those. And what I call walk-ins, they can walk into those holes. Might not be Belphegor, but any of these other demons. And then, of course, we're going to talk a little bit more about demons and about what these demons are. There's different types of demons, uh, false gods and revengers of evil, uh, Magnus uh, or the Magus, uh, Francis Barrett's The Magus, um, is a book that is really fantastic. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his descriptions of 
uh, what demons are when we come back in the next and final fourth segment tonight. Secretteachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com, tstradio at protonmail.com. A lot more after this. You don't want to miss it. Don't go anywhere. The music, White Bat Audio. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food Philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Hi, my name is Marlena Seven Bremner. I'm the author of Hermetic Philosophy and Creative Alchemy, The Emerald Tablet, The Corpus Hermeticum, and The Journey Through the Seven Spheres. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. You are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. I ran the name Peor through the Latin English translator, and it gave me the word worse. And Belphegor really is, well, the worst. One of the worst demons, because even though he doesn't seem like a powerful demon, he provokes sloth, which leads to the other deadly sins. He is a provocateur. In a way, he is a trickster. And when we follow Belphegor, or we are in goblin mode, we are being pulled down, we are being drawn down into the bowels of hell, or the bowels of Belphegor, which take us into his, well, his pot. And his pot is the, well, it's the king's chamber, maybe the chamber of secrets. It's the, it's the toilet, the commode. It is the seat of the king, right? The throne, as we call the toilet. I also was playing around with the word pay run uh, in Slavic to English and playing around with the Latin Perun is a deity of thunder and lightning and also storms and chaos. 
and war, war as well, that the Azov Battalion kind of worships and honors in, uh, in Ukraine. And I looked up the differences in uh, breaking the word apart. Pay means fry or free, like Friday. And uh, so Friday and then run means ruin. So it's basically pay free or Friday and run, which is ruin. I was just playing around with the words. I wanted to see what they would mean. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because you see the, if you look online, uh, you might have seen this already. I mean, I, I did a whole show on it. It wasn't new to me. Uh, but when you look up and, and translate Balenciaga, you know, Balenciaga has a very interesting meaning. I, I don't need a translator to tell me what it means. Um, but Bal in Siaga, uh, it, it basically means it's, it's like Baal, which is the king. Uh, and I don't think that I don't think that Balenciaga as a name was chosen. I think the weird translation of Balenciaga is the fact that, I mean, well, ball, you know, it's the root of ball means Lord. So it's going to have that meaning just because it's there. Just like, um, you know, I mean, ballerina, ballerina, uh, ballerina would probably be the same if you type that in and translated it in different languages uh, or any word like that. But it's still interesting because, you think about Balenciaga. We did a couple of shows on this. Think about Balenciaga, uh, the clothing company with the BDSM stuffed animals, the leashes, the collars, the caution tape, the candles, the wine glasses, and the rainbows. Implications of children that are being drugged or drunk and bound and prepared as gifts, which is what Gabrielle Gallimberti's work, one of the photographers, they said that their photographs were part of a series called Toy Stories which is an exploration into things that people collect uh, that they get as gifts, which is, you know, in this case, children. Uh, Balenciaga replaced those BDSM ads with uh, the woman with the handbag at the desk. And in the background, if you remember our show, there's the work of Michael Bormans and also the work of Matthew Barney. Barney is a filmmaker and an artist. He does stuff called the, about Cremaster, uh, Chromaster cycle is the films. It's a reference to the Chromaster muscle, which regulates sperm and the testy temperature and all that. So it's very sexual. And then Michael Borman's work is basically, and he's he's from Belgium, Belgium, and his work is basically cannibalism, tortured children, figures in dark robes, robes, bloody rituals, and pedophilia. And, of course, when you see the teddy bears and the blackened eyes, you, you think of things perhaps like, um, you know, uh, physical and sexual abuse. You go back to that company Fashion Nova in 2020, where they had little children dressed like adults wearing glasses. You couldn't see their eyes uh, or the eyes are really big with the large dilated pupils, which relates to like, you know, panda eyes, the dark makeup that relates to sexual, you know, sexual things like people that dress like that, you know. Uh, you see, you know, people's eyes that are really large and dilate, pupils dilate because of drugs. You see this in a lot of music like Eminem's song Godzilla. And it really should be no surprise that the demon spirit Baal, God of covenant, is a king to Yahweh who demanded human sacrifice, particularly of children. And this would relate him also to Moloch. And it's interesting because Baal, 
is the God of covenants. Yahweh is the God of covenants. Yahweh asked for human sacrifice, as did Moloch. Moloch, Baal, Yahweh, same character. And thus, when we look at this character, we find that Baal comes in a variety of names. Belphegor was originally Baal Peor before being Latinized into Belphegor. Baal Peor is just another extension of Baal. Now, Baal comes in a variety of different names. Baal, B-A-A-L, B-A-apostrophe-A-L, same pronunciation. There's Baal, B-A-E-L, or I guess you could really try to enunciate it, Baal, Baal. Or you just have Bel, B-E-L. So Baal, Baal, Bel. And then you get more modern translations of the word. And those would be Bill or Billy, like a black Billy goat. Like Billy from Stranger Things. Like Bill Cipher from Gravity Falls. And then you get people like Billy Eilish. And of course, Billy, Billy, like Belial or Baal, is the name of a demon. And the name originally means Lord. Eilish in her name, Billy Eilish or Eilish, not Eyelash, but Eilish, is a Sumerian word relating to the Sumerian tablets of creation, the seven tablets, which means on high. So Lord, Baal, Lord, or the first king of hell, God of the covenant, on high. When you look at Billie Eilish's music, she has You Should See Me in a Crown, where she's wearing a crown covered in spiders. This is the depiction of Baal in the dictionary Infernal. She has another song, uh, music video, same song, See Me in a Crown, and it is a live performance where two of her bandmates, the drummer and I believe it's the piano player, are wearing Balenciaga sweaters. None of this is coincidental. None of this is an accident. This is why we did a show called Bollywood, because Bollywood is the place where demons and devils are glorified for the things that those demons and devils can give you, fame and fortune. The tentacles of that monster reach deep into music, television, movies, media, and into politics. Of all the demons and devils in mythology and theology, one in particular is featured nearly everywhere and he is Billy, Bill, Bell, Bale, and Ball, the first king of hell and grantor of celebrity in return for obedience, sacrifice, and perversity. His perverse element is Belphegor on the king's throne of the literal toilet. Ball is not only king, but lord of the world. Ball is also a composite character representing any and all forms of evil in whatever manner they manifest, that would mean Belphegor. Now, there are nine degrees of evil spirits in contrast with nine orders of angels. In first order are the false gods usurping the true name of God and requiring sacrifices amongst other dark practices. Of these, we know Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. Next come the spirits of lies and the vessels of iniquity, the latter being inventors of evil things and wicked arts. The revengers of evil are ruled by the prince Asmodeus. I'm thinking of the ghost song. Behemoth, Belial, Asmodeus is a judge. He's judgmental. Asmodeus is a demon of lust. He appears as actually a duck. Uh, when I, I actually owned a duck, I called him Asmodeus because in the myth, uh, Asmodeus appeared to the Pope as a duck. Uh, the deluders, 
imitate miracles, serve sorcerers, and are ruled by their prince named Satan. Of the aerial powers is caused corruption of the air and the spread of pestilence. Their prince is Meririm. The Furies are powers of evil, war, and devastation and are ruled by the Greek Apollyon, or the Hebrew Abaddon, meaning destroying or wasting. The eighth and ninth degrees are known as accusers or inquisitors and tempters and ensnarers. Astaroth is prince of the accusers and Maimon, meaning covetous, rules the tempters. The names of demons, angels, spirits, etc. are not to be interpreted as literal, of course, or absolute as they are things that vary uh, in description and depiction depending upon the operators and the authors, the locations and the histories. According to the Arbital and the writings of Arthur Veidt, it is best to focus on the office of each spirit rather than their diverse components and often confusing names or configurations. Same thing we could say about you know mythology in, in, in general as well. Demons possess powers that make them unlike humans. That means angels are also demons, just they have different motivations. And thus demons are also divine. They are daemons. They're godlike in their abilities despite their subordinates to superiors, uh, angels, uh, not only superior demons, but angels, even lesser angels. Uh, the least powerful angel is more powerful than the most powerful demon, and of course to God. Therefore, whether speaking of a demon from the Greek daemon or an angel, a spiritual being acting as attendant to God, such as Mercury or Hermes or Thoth, both may be classified as supernatural and divine. Spirits are named by what offices they hold. This is why their names vary from text to text, by operator, etc., their true names are considered unpronounceable to humans in similar manner to the true name of God. Some spirits are superior and others inferior. The superiors and their titles, according to the grimoires, are Lucifer, the emperor, Beelzebub, or Beelzebuth, the prince, and Astaroth, the grand duke of hell. They may be invoked by their characters, which it is said must be written at least in the blood of the operator. This is why you see those Azov battalion soldiers dumping their blood into the earth, which is Geb, which is what they worship as Perun. And Perun is the, well, in Latin, it means the worst. So it's basically chaos and, and, and destruction and sin and all these other things. Uh, these characters, these deities, these entities, these energies, these signatures, these elements may be invoked by their characters, which must be written in that blood of the operator. This accompanies an additional process of action that includes the wearing of the specific character and um, how it should be engraved. So this would be the certain symbols, the talismans, etc., that one wears to align themselves with the energies, with the essences, with the signatures, with the spirits, with the souls of these bodies, with these characters, with these demons, whatever you choose to call them. When we look at Belphegor, Belphegor is a demon that leads us to thinking of ourselves as worthless, as hopeless. He leads us to think about suicide. Suicide, hopelessness, worthlessness, these are all things that we felt strongly during the height of lockdowns and the terror and the fear and the psychological torture of the pandemic. In fact, Goblin Mode, which was chosen by Oxford University Press as the word of the year for 2022, 
Goblin mode is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, and greedy behavior. And it is something that is familiar to us, according to CNN, traits that may have become familiar to many during lockdown. This is also where we have increases in suicides, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, and of course, domestic violence. All things that are produced as a result of influence by, let's say, the Slavic Peyron or the Latin Belfagor or the Hebrew Baal Peor, which is the worst by definition in Latin. And we read in the Bible in Psalms, we read about Belphegor, Baal of Peor. Baal Peor sends a plague, God of plague, God of disease, worthlessness, hopelessness, suicide. Belphegor also means Lord of the opening. Lord of the opening. And you sometimes see Baal Peor with his mouth open wide. Now, what does that mean? The open mouth could mean the devourer, right? Something that devours, something that consumes. Could consume your soul or your spirit. It could also mean the opening, the opening of those little pieces of your, of your mind and your body and your soul that allow for things to walk in and take possession. He's the opener of ways, openers of ways into your heart, perhaps, like we open the door for Jesus, we can also open the door for other things that are much less benign, far less helpful and positive, much more destructive and chaotic. Belphegor is all of those things. Belphegor is also in the book of Numbers. Israel became attached to Baal, or Baal, Peor, and the anger of the Lord flared against Israel because Baal is the Lord, and Peor is the opening, or Peor is the worst, uh, the worst opening. I mean, it's basically the opening of the pit of hell. And that could mean a lot of things, right? That could mean an open mouth, so being devoured. Uh, That could mean an open pit, which is hell. That could mean, well, the bowels, right? The bowels of hell, which are, well, the bowels, You know, we have to empty our bowels. We have to go to the bathroom, which, well, that's how Belphegor is depicted. Bowels, defecation, that's how he's worshipped on the toilet. And, you know, all these things like when you go to the bathroom, you go number one, number two, uh, fornication doesn't mean that it's a negative thing, but all these things that are kind of private and kind of traditionally perceived shameful acts are things that are elements of these demons like Belphegor. They are elements of demons like Baal or Bel. That's why people that are really Satanists, they tend to do these nasty things like, you know, eat feces or urinate on each other or, well, in the case of Balenciaga, abuse children, torture children, harm children. And it's not just in the name Balenciaga, it's also in the artwork that they sponsor, like uh, Michael Borman's, which is children being abused. He's from Belgium. And you see the clothing of Balenciaga used in music videos by Billie Eilish, where she's depicting the demon ball. The crown and the spiders, you should see me in a crown. If you listen to the lyrics of that song, it's really kind of scary and strange and terrifying. 
He says, speaking through her, the demon says, you should see me in a crown. I'm going to run this nothing town. And he even refers, this is how we know it's a demon speaking. He even refers to his, um, his ice palace, which is, as Dante said, that is hell. Hell is an ice palace. It is cold. It is dark, which is the opposite of warm light. It's the opposite of heaven. Hell is not a fiery pit. Fiery pit leads into the abyss. It is not the abyss itself per se. And that abyss is, well, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's really just the, the commode, it's the toilet. It's the bowels of hell, the bowels of Belphegor. So Belphegor means a lot of things. Belphegor means the Lord of the opening, that is the opening of the mouth to consume, the opening of the pit of hell to devour, the bowels of hell or the bowels that, you know, lead us to the toilet. Belphegor sends plague, etc. Uh, in one way, you could even say that Belphegor and these different types of demons, I mean, Krampus is really just uh, an extension of, of uh, all these things. He's the negative personification of Santa Claus. I mean, what is Santa Claus anyway? Santa Claus is the Santa Claus. What is a clause? It's a contractual obligation. What do we do with Santa Claus? Well, we make a deal with him. We're nice. We're good. We get presents. We're mean. We're bad. We get coal. Krampus brings the coal. Krampus punishes us. So Santa Claus is an agreement we make, just like with Halloween, right? We have the trick-or-treat. It's a contract we make with the spirits. That's what we're celebrating. That's what we're participating in. Here's this story that I told you about. October 27th, the mother accused of murdering her five-year-old son made social media posts saying she believed he was possessed by demons before she killed him and abandoned him in a suitcase, and an Indiana detective wrote in a probable cause affidavit uh, last week. According to the article, it says, the probable cause affidavit sheds light into the mental state of the mother and one of her friends who she identified as her sister. Uh, the mother is Duan Ludi Anderson, and this other woman who was involved uh, is named um, Coleman, Don Coleman. Uh, the little child was named Cairo Amar Jordan. And according to the probable cause affidavit, the mother appeared to become deranged according to a series of social media posts about demons, vessels, and a possessed child in the months before Jordan's death. The mom was possessed by demons or obsessed with demons, possessed or obsessed with vessels, which are referred to um, in the Magus by... Uh, Francis Barrett, uh, when we're talking about those nine different components of hell, uh, nine different uh, segments of demons. It says in the article that Anderson, that's the mom, posted a tweet asking an Indianapolis priest for help with her son, who she claimed was possessed and violent. She said, quote, I have survived the death attacks from my five-year-old throughout the five years he has been alive. That's according to the post that was later deleted, but it's in the affidavit. I have been able to weaken it through our blood or its powers, his powers through our blood. I have his real name and he is 100 years old, need assistance. Now, I'm pretty sure that if she's dealing with a real demon, he's going to be older than 100 years old. That's kind of a red flag there. And if you have his real name, then you should be able to control him. So clearly this woman is 
deranged and delusional. I don't think her son was possessed. I think she's mentally ill because the demon's probably more than 100 years old. And again, not only that, but if you have his real name, then you should be able to control him. So that just doesn't make any sense. I mean, ask me, ask a demonologist, ask a priest. They're going to tell you the same thing. Uh, Not that there aren't more recent types of demons, but Anderson wrote about protection spells, reversal spells on Facebook, according to the affidavit. January 5th, uh, from earlier this year, she allegedly wrote offer reversal spell, protection spell, activating your DNA, exorcism, hex curse. Yeah, she was definitely into some weird new age stuff. This is a whole demon in a child body, she wrote. In a separate post, February 19th, she allegedly mentioned a very powerful demonic force from within my son. Later on, Coleman, the other woman, wrote, I'm using my blood for the ritual. Coleman wrote that according to the affidavit. So these two women were certainly messed up. I mean, I'm not going to discount the fact that some child couldn't be possessed. Um, but I don't, in my opinion, I don't think... Um, I don't think that if you're communicating with a demon and you know his name and he's only 100 years old, you probably don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and I think a priest and again, an occultist or a demonologist would tell you that. Uh, if you're talking about whatever this woman's talking about, reversal spells and protection spells and activating your DNA and exorcisms and curses, like maybe an exorcism, but activating your DNA, that's like some David Wilcox stuff. What does that have to do with demons? Activating your DNA? Is that typically what priests do when they exercise demons? This sounds like this woman was lost in a, in a, in, in, well, in the bowels of the internet. Uh, if you have his real name, lady, you can control the demon traditionally, typically. And you're probably not going to be able to control him with, with reversal spells. And you're going to, you're talking about hexes and curses. If you're dealing with those kinds of things and you don't know what you're doing, especially maybe you're the one that led the demon to your son. Maybe she was doing these things before she got pregnant and that allowed something to walk into her son. Maybe he really was possessed, but maybe it was her fault. Very strange, very disturbing, very weird story. Demon and a child. Cops say mom thought slain five-year-old was possessed. Well, if she's doing those kinds of things without knowing what she's doing, he might have actually been possessed. But if you know the name of the demon, then you should be able to control it. So someone needs to tell that woman that. It doesn't really matter now. Her son is unfortunately dead, but maybe he was possessed by a demon. I don't know. What I do know is goblin mode is the word of the year. It basically means laziness, sloth, greed, the opposite of trying to better yourself. The tentacles or the branches that grow out of this goblin mode tree, if you will, are the metaverse and hashtag I stand with, which are number two and number three, according to Oxford University Press for the uh, number one word or phrase of the year, which of course the metaverse is the atom verse or the atom curse. If we reverse it, atom like Adam, A-D-A-M, has it having the, the, uh, the life breathed into him like we're breathing life into the golem that is the metaverse. The verse is the curse. You write the verse backwards. It's no longer harmonious. It's, it's inverted. It is the atom verse, the atom curse. And then you don't have to do anything when you get inserted into that world. You can just be whatever you want to be in the same way that if you just put up the hashtag I stand with and fly a Ukrainian flag, you don't actually have to be a good person. People will think you're a good person. So this is part of the lazy, slovenly, greedy, self-indulgent, arrogant, ignorant, anti-social norm, anti-expectation, doing the opposite of everything that you should be doing, doing the opposite of everything that makes you a better person, goblin mode attitude. People are embracing 
their inner goblin. Well, that inner goblin, as we've been discussing tonight, is Belphegor. Belphegor brings out a lot of a lot of uh, terrible things in people, uh, mostly, uh, well, it's basically self-destruction, worthlessness, hopelessness, suicide, disease, illness. Belphegor is not only the worst, but Belphegor is the Lord of opening as well. The opening of the mouth to devour, the opening of the pit of hell to consume, the bowels of hell, the opening of the bowels of hell, or the bowels, you know, like I got to go to the bathroom, my bowels to release you into the toilet, which is, you know, oh, that's gross. Well, that's literally how Belphegor is depicted. He is depicted on a toilet. And this is how his followers traditionally worshipped him uh, on a toilet. Uh, when they went to the bathroom, they gave honor to Belphegor. The deadly sin of sloth is what he represents, or acedia. And I think it's, I think it's really appropriate if we go beyond goblin mode and these LA, uh, these Lin, I said LA, these Linza AI, um, Linza AI applications that turn your pictures into avatars of you in a digital world. We have these demons like Loab and Krungus. Um, all this stuff, if we go beyond this, is generally speaking, you find, you know, Belphegor or you find um, uh, various demons like Belphegor uh, present uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, you find this in people that don't want to work, don't want to build anything, don't want to have families, want to be lazy, want to be bums, want everybody to take care of them, want free handouts, want free money. I mean, th th this is the spirit of Belphegor. It is the spirit of Baal, not only Baal Peor, which is Belphegor, but the spirit of Baal, which is Bell, which is Bill, which is Billy. It is the spirit in the music of people like Billy Eilish, Lord of Hell on High. And while the Azov Battalion in Ukraine can worship Pei Run, which is basically a chaotic, destructive storm god. Ukraine is shutting down, shutting down a number of churches because they're affiliated with Russia. Just like here in the U.S. and in Canada, shut down churches in some places but left liquor stores open or strip clubs open. Why do you think that is? Because it's not just the individual, it's also government. It's not just the individual, it's also corporations. They worship this, uh, these destructive elements, the false gods, the spirits of lies, the vessels of iniquity and wrath, revengers of evil, deluders, aerial powers, the furies, uh, the accusers or inquisitors, and the tempters and ensnarers. Evil manifests in a number of different ways, whatever you choose to call it. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Thank you so much for those of you who have done the marathon with us. If you listen to Clyde's show all the way through and then listened to the secret teachings tonight, obviously I was on Clyde's show earlier. Thank you so much for staying tuned for five full hours. For those of you who just caught up with the show or you missed some of the show, or you want to hear it again, visit the website www.thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe to the full archive. It's discounted right now. You get access to the ad-free show, the montages, my digital books, and a private RSS feed. You can also buy my books separately on the website. My book, Occult Arcana, is a really great book that I think you'll enjoy if you liked tonight's show and last night's show. Last night's show with Marlena Seven Brimner is in the archive. One of the best shows we've done in a while. One of the best guests we've had on, uh, and that is in the archive on the website. And if you look for the show for free on radio or podcast players, The Secret Teachings, you can listen. There are advertisements there, but it's monetized, so we get something back from that. If you listen for free, uh, no big deal. I really appreciate that as well. You don't have to uh, 
subscribe to be a listener or to help us out. Again, www.thesecretteachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com, tstradio at protonmail.com. Tonight, hopefully, we've done a little bit of our part in exercising the demon of Baal Peor or Belfagor, Baal, Bell, Bill, Billy, right here on The Secret Teachings. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Don't be afraid, be informed. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Broadcast.